Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com, and you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our shows and interviews, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright. Today's May 20th, 2016, and we're very pleased to welcome back for the third time to our show, Joe Childry, CEO and President and Founder of Probabilities Fund. Joe, welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio. Great to be here, Charlie. So, Joe, uh, maybe everybody didn't memorize exactly what you said the last couple of times you've been on. So tell us, give us a brief history of Probabilities Fund here. Well, great. Probabilities Fund, as you know, Charlie, was a private hedge fund the first six years where we charged much higher fees. And then in December uh, 2013, uh, the fund was converted to an open-ended mutual fund. So the limited partners were happy because we cut the fees in half and gave them daily liquidity. So now it's a, a, a mutual fund that's available to just about everybody. Okay, and uh, give us a, a brief understanding of the strategy itself. So the strategy, uh, according to Morningstar, is long-short equity. And what sets us apart is we will go to cash when we see uh, times of trouble. And in in general, the client or the investor is in cash about 30% of the year, year in, year out. And that's based on uh, pattern recognition or what we call trend following, uh, made popular by, I know, a guest that's been on your uh, show before and a good friend and uh, colleague of mine, Jeff Hirsch, and his father, Yale Hirsch, uh, they identified a number of trends and patterns for frequency and magnitude in the U.S. stock market. And that information is readily available on the Internet. It's been been uh, studied by academic people uh, since the market began. And the key is to turn that information into knowledge and and be able to have a systematic approach of when to get in the U.S. stock market, when to be out. And that's what we've been doing. This is our ninth year. So you take the information basically from Stock Traders Almanac, and uh, you say this is a time that we should be in the market. So you're in the market in a particular e- in, in the, e- the S&P 500 ETF, I presume. That's correct. The, the proxy is the... the uh, S&P 500, and we accomplished that by uh, investing in ETFs, and so the Vanguard S&P 500. Okay, and so you are either uh, in the market or long the S&P 500, or you're in cash, or you can also be short the market, correct? Correct. We are in, out, leveraged, or short, and we're a big proponent of sort of uh, in our shop, and I think a lot of the, the listeners, uh, they evaluate money managers by the four P's, the people, the philosophy, the process, and the performance. And the people need to be thought leaders uh, in the space, and 
and in our opinion, the philosophy needs to be fairly easy or simple to understand. And our philosophy is to be out of the market during high probability of downside risk or be in the market during high probability of upside reward. And as you pointed out, uh, the Stock Traders Almanac and the Internet in general is a place where you can get a lot of the information. And then the key is to uh, stay away from uh, feelings, emotions, and be systematic about the approach. And so uh, give us an example. I, I have, for example, on my desk, uh, Stock Traders Almanac. And if I am ever bored, which is not often, uh, I look through that thing, and it's just fascinating to look at all of the statistics and the historical records. And it's up to date, as brought up to date every year. Statistics and uh, historical records of what has happened. You know, what, what's the typical return of the first day of the month, of the last trading day? of the month, of, uh, you know, sell and may go away and that kind of thing. So tell us about some of the, for example, currently, are you long, short, double long, or in cash, and why? We've been, just got into a bearish period, uh, typically the summer months, and you mentioned sell and may go away, which is a term a lot of people have heard about. And basically what it, it, it is, if you go back over the last 50 or 60 years and you had only invested from uh, November through April versus uh, the, the second six months, um, May through October, basically all of the returns were in the... Uh, November through April period. So we're more bullish during that period. And as we just talked about, we only go to cash 30% of the time. So we are in the market during the uh, sell in May period. And we will short during the, uh, the bullish period. But when you put those two together, the, the sell in May go away, get back in, uh, it's basically buy and hold. So if you if you believe in uh, you know these these facts and figures and you have a, a reason to believe that they will continue, then you can make a lot of money paying attention to these uh, trends and patterns that have repeated themselves over long periods of time. Okay, and uh, so what happens when you have conflicting signals? For example, as you mentioned last time, fascinating uh, that uh, the market is down when Congress is in session, or, or the market performs less well when Congress is in session, and it performs exceptionally poorly when they are in a special session. Well, what happens when they're in a special session, but it's in January, and other, in, you know, other signs say you should be in the market at that time? Right. So... Well we, we've narrowed it down to what we call rules and signals. The rules are things that have stood the test of time over 20, 30, 50, even 60 years. And that gives us an idea of when to be bullish, bearish, or neutral. And we'll, we'll make a note of that on our calendar. Then we overlay the tactical signals, which you mentioned Congress being in or out of session. And if you go back over a 50-year period from 1965 to 2010, for instance, um, when the House and Senate are in session, the market 
has been up uh, about 1% per year. If you had only invested in days where the Congress was out of session, you would have been, uh, made about 16.5% a year. So huge difference. And even that one signal, Charlie, as you know, during the lost decade, you would have uh, made double-digit returns just following that one signal. So our investment committee looks at this on a daily basis, primarily myself and our chief portfolio manager. Uh, we have a math PhD and two CFAs on staff. So we look at these things on a daily basis, and that helps us adjust our equity exposure. And when we look at the signals, generally we're taking risk off the portfolio, and that's worked very well for us. We we went live January 1st, 2008, and uh, we're beating our benchmark uh, by about two times, and we're beating the S&P 500 by about two times. Uh, we are up around 145%. The market's up around 68% during the same time. So surprisingly... By going to cash and avoiding the danger, uh, it, it, it does work, and it's just a great complement for a well-thought-out buy-and-hold portfolio. You and I have talked about fees in, in the past, and fees matter. Uh, for instance, in 2008, if you were in a Vanguard uh, S&P 500 fund, you would have been down about 37%. If you were in a long-only uh, active fund probably would have been down about 39%. So fees do matter in, 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 in one sense when you're comparing apples to apples. But at our shop, we look at long only as long only. We're, we're not really, uh, we don't see much, uh, if, if, if any, uh, you know, alpha generated by being uh, in an active uh, long-only portfolio, because the manager is a genius one year when he owns uh, too much Apple, and then the next year, uh, as your listeners know, you know Apple's down around 24% over the last 12 months, so uh, it, it all equals out. And so what we like to do is, is show you know net performance and, and what a non-correlated uh, portfolio uh, can do for a client. Goldman Sachs uh, wrote a paper, Charlie, called The Fashion Faux Pas of Equity Investing in 2011. And their conclusion is something that we already know. And that is, uh, in more modern times, you know, post-90s, it's just very difficult to get true diversification from different uh, equity uh, strategies, such as growth versus value or U.S. versus international, small, mid, large, it's it, it just a, a leaf in the wind. When the market's up, you're up. When the market's down, you're down. So the challenge for in pensions, family offices, uh, they've been you know, way ahead in looking for non-correlated asset classes. But uh, luckily, the, uh, the retail investor is starting to look at these liquid alternatives like the probabilities fund that can add value. The, the challenge is the non-correlation, it sounds great when the, we're beating the market day in, day out, but there's going to be times when we're going to be behind the market uh, over periods, and, and that's, that's part of uh, the diversification. It's normal. Yeah. 
You know, Joe, we need to stop and take a quick break here. Uh, We'll be right back, and we're going to talk uh, when we come back about specifically how often you guys move money in, out, or um, double long in the market here. Again, we're talking with Joe Childry of Probabilities Fund. He talks to us from their headquarters in San Diego. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, we're back with Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Joe Childry of Probabilities Fund out of San Diego. So, Joe, how often in Probabilities Fund do you move? Uh, do you move your position? Well, it depends. We're data driven, so it really depends on the risk reward that that we look at. Uh, your example is a good one. We look at these multi factors whether uh, we should be long or short or neutral, and then what do the signals say uh, to to generally reduce risk. But according to Morningstar, we have over a 1,000% turnover. So we are not afraid to go to cash to protect principal, and that's worked very well for our clients. And so, you know, many of clients use our fund in their IRA and things like that, uh, which you're more of an expert than I am on, on asset location. Uh, but we have high turnover. Not We're not uh, uh, shy at all about going to cash. You know, uh, Jack Bogle, founder of Vanguard, uh, said a few months ago that he foresees over the next 10 years zero to marginal returns in the U.S. stock market. So if, if that is the case, um, it, what's the potential opportunity of probabilities fund here? Well, there's been very few periods where we see uh, interest rates so low. Obviously, the 50s were great, uh, the the 80s and 90s were great, and in the last uh, six, seven years, this has been a a phenomenal bull market. People don't even remember 08 or the dot-com crash. But the point about probabilities fund is we're looking at these signals to be in the market during the high probability of upside reward. And I think you never know. I mean, we don't really look at the future. We're looking at more of historical uh, trends and patterns, when to be in and out. But during the the rough times, this strategy back-tested has done quite well, and I assume it will in the future, but no guarantees. Um, That's for sure. 
So, Joe, well, what about uh, the, the fact that more recent history may be more important than further back history? So maybe, uh, you know, it, it, a particular strategy produced very, very well until seven or eight years ago. And in the past seven or eight years, it is not produced well. Um, do you take that into consideration, or do you simply look at 1965 to the present, what has happened, this number looks better than that number, and that creates the rules, or do you give greater, can you give greater credit to what's happened more recently? We give credit to what ha- has happened recently as we update our algorithms and our uh, strategy at the end of each year to include the previous year. But our work goes back to uh, 1950, and if you look at uh, five-year rolling periods, for instance, uh, the the markets had many declines of five years, even the lost decade, 10-year decline without dividends, whereas this strategy has held up and and has not had that kind of thing. But, you know, really it's it's live for the last, uh, we're in our ninth year, and we've seen some pretty humdinger this time as different events, even during the last nine years. Uh, this strategy uh, was up in 2008, and then uh, the next five years, uh, which was a very strong uh, bull market from 09 to 13, this strategy uh, also outperformed the market, although slightly. Uh, but. During years like 2009 and 2013, uh, when the market's up over 25%, our strategy will underperform and has in those two years. And uh, that's because we're in cash protecting principal about 30% of the time, and we're short about 5% of the time. Okay. So tell us, Joe, you guys are expanding into some other areas, uh, so some strategies, I presume, using similar uh, data and strategy to the probabilities fund. Tell us what you're expanding into. That's correct. Uh, and again, I'll reference the stock traders Almanac uh, in the Almanac. Uh, the Hirsch organization has looked at a sector rotation strategy, and so my team worked with uh, with uh, with Hirsch. Uh, to develop a sector rotation strategy that's basically uh, very similar to the probabilities fund in that we're looking for these trends and patterns that have stood the test of time. But we drill down a little deeper and actually invest in the specific sectors and subsectors that are available uh, through ETFs. So they're very liquid and uh, surprisingly inexpensive. Uh, so that that's we're really excited about that, and we we believe that uh, that mutual fund will be launched sometime this summer. And how are you able to get uh, data on that? Because I presume that data doesn't go all that far back. No, very difficult uh, to do. But uh, with the resources at Hirsch uh, organization and uh, Bloomberg, we we were able to look at the the actual sectors, the, the 10 S&P sectors, and, uh, and then uh, assign the respective ETFs uh, that uh, follow those sectors. And uh, so that's how we did our, our back test. And again, 
uh, your, your listeners know, at least uh, that have heard us before, we're very big proponents on backtesting. We think backtesting is good academic performance. So it's basically sort of like Rob Arnott from uh, his firm he, when he talks about backtest good, data mine bad. Okay. So, uh, so tell us, uh, in this fund, does it invest in uh, uh, three funds at a time? Um, what, what, uh, does it invest just in one fund at a time? Is it in all ten or in none? Uh, well, it wouldn't do that, or it would be like the probabilities fund here. Right. There's, there's about 14 uh, sectors and subsectors um, in, in the fund. And you, you recognize financials, biotech, transports, etc., technology. And sometimes when the overall market, in our opinion, we're entering a bearish period, we'll, we'll raise cash. Uh, we're not going to go to a riskless position like we do in the probabilities fund because uh, there's always something that is uh, moving against the grain, uh, which we're really uh, excited about. So we may go up to a 50% cash position and be long uh, financials and, and certain metals and maybe short utilities. Uh, but we've been been able to backtest this uh, going back only 20 years because that's where we had the, the good information as opposed to the S&P where you could go back uh, 50, 60 years with good, good info and good intel. So uh, I think it's going to be a great fund, and the goal is really to, to have something that's not correlated to the S&P 500 and not correlated to the probabilities fund. That, that's tough to do. These days, yeah. you know, in the, for instance, the uh, S&P 500, when you look at even the Russell 2000, which you talk about on the show, the EFA index, the Emerging Market Index, um, from January 1st, 2008, uh, about a 90% uh, correlation to the S&P 500, whereas these types of liquid alternative uh, funds, probabilities, and some others out there, uh, there's just a very low correlation, more like 0.4, 0.5. And that's what we like to think people uh, are attracted to probabilities fund for the performance. But I think the, the smart guys, uh, and you, have, you and I have talked about this, it's, it's really the, the non-correlation. They, they want something that doesn't zig and zag with the market. Yeah, no question about it. There's an old saying in the market that the only thing that goes up in a bear market is correlation. <laughs> Correct. We found the same thing through our research. So that's really the challenge for the professional advisor and the investor, whether he's retail or institutional. And just very happy to see that the retail investor is starting to uh, to, to get that non-correlation by being in uh, uh, investments that aren't tied to the market, because as we've mentioned, you know, growth, whether it's passive or active, which is uh, the debate you hear about all the time. But again, if you're long only, no matter how you look at it, you're long only, and you're probably going to be up when the market's up and down when the market's down.
Yeah, uh, that's going to happen. So tell us, Joe, every strategy has mark the market conditions where it performs favorably and the market conditions where it does not perform favorably. So what are the biggest challenges in terms of market conditions for Probabilities Fund? What keeps me up at night is the black swan, the, the event that, that, that happens out of nowhere. And that's very difficult to prepare for. Uh, but because we're active in, in that we can go to cash, uh, we, we may decide to uh, go to cash during uh, a black swan event. And th- this time is different. Events have happened uh, a lot and get a lot of press, whether it's a, a virus, bird flu, Zito, uh, Greece, China, whatever it is, this 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 time. Uh, but we we tend to perform well during election years. Um, we've only had two live in 08 and 2012, and uh, the previous back test will show that that the strategy has worked well during uh, election years. But really, uh, it, it it's. The kind of thing that if you're the type of person that believes in things that have stood the test of time, and if you can in your mind uh, have a 20-year time frame, I think a buy-and-hold strategy will, will, will do the investor very well. Uh, but a lot of people, they're not going to think in 20-year time frames, although out here in Southern California, people... They don't even really go from from tennis to golf until they're in their seventies, and you, you know you could have a long term time frame. Uh, but uh, it, in my opinion, makes sense to, to diversify into some things that are not correlated with the market, particularly if you think you have a shorter term time frame. People on TV, uh, like Mr. Kramer, talk about three to five year uh, uh, time frames and, and market cycles and. Uh, we we just disagree with with that short term. Uh, you know, a person that was saving for a home went to a professional investment advisor and said, you know, I've got three to five years to to save for my home. It, it's doubtful the advisor would recommend plopping it in the stock market. So we like to think in twenty year time frames. Although my colleagues have uh, asked me to, to to shorten that to seven. And I'm okay with seven years is if you're going to go into a, a stock or, or an equity investment, whether it's Berkshire Hathaway or Probabilities Fund, I think you need to, to really have a long-term time frame and get a real understanding of how these, these products work. You know, I find, Joe, that uh, people talk big. But when it comes down to their performing, uh, their very short term and how they look at things. So we talk about buy low and sell high. Ask how many people are buying oil and gas um, opportunities today. They're not. Uh, they're afraid of oil and gas opportunities. Uh, the, the whole industry is talking about that fact uh, because they, they don't want to get caught. And the prices have fallen. This is the time. 
you know, at least in theory, to get involved in those kinds of things. No, people are not doing it. When the stock market falls, everybody says, yeah, that's the time to buy more. No, that's a time when people bail because they don't have the stomach for it. And if it falls even further, that, you know, sometimes that bailing worked out well for them. So, uh, you know, it's nice to say you have a 20-minute time, a 20-year time frame. But when you come down to it, uh, we don't all act perfectly. Psychological uh, issues come up, and we often bail. Sometimes we bail at the wrong time. But uh, to just buy and hold is is a real challenge. Uh, Answer this question for me here, Joe, that it, it keeps coming to my mind here. Anybody could say that uh, we've never had an active Fed like we have today. And many people believe that our much of our market uh, bull run has been the result of what the Fed has, Fed has done with interest rates. And as we move into a new era for the Fed, whether that's in the next six months or the next two years, we're going to be moving into a new era. You know, there would be those who say that much of that past data and information Information may not be all that accurate moving forward. Well, when you look at history and you see a market like like we've had a wonderful bull run, and you can you can look at the Fed uh, uh, keeping rates low, and you can look at the massive corporate buybacks that have happened during the same period. Uh, what you you don't really need the data to realize that a recession is 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 going to happen it may not happen uh, this year next year but uh the new president probably is going to be forced with a recession and the fed has a problem because in previous recessions the fed usually had a 400 basis point uh uh you know enough juice to to lower interest rates so now you have a period where the uh, the, the economy is slow. You've got uh, people that are back uh, all-time high on auto loans, over a trillion dollars. They're now tapping their home equities again and uh, record uh, credit card debt. So something's got to give, Charlie, and my guess is the Fed has been uh, a big part of this bull market, and they're going to have to raise rates uh, over the next, let's say, short term. And that's very rare during an election year, but it's probably going to have to happen because they need some ammunition for the next recession, which uh, I hate to point it out, but uh, at least least statistically, uh, it's going to happen in the next few years. Yeah, no, no arguments from here. So what, what book, another question, a question we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Joe, what sure. book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Oh, gosh, I read them all. I'm a behavioral finance uh, 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 person, and, in fact, I go to uh, a class at Harvard uh, once a year, and my old uh, friend is the head basketball coach, Tommy Amaker, at Harvard, and uh there's, there's a lot of books I could recommend. Uh, we were talking about investors buying low, selling high. There was a study where women are better investors than men. And if you think about it, when Nordstrom has a sale, Charlie, women know what to do. Whereas men, generally, if they have an idea to buy something, they're going to go on Amazon. They're not price shopping. So 
you know, that's a behavioral finance uh, oddity out there. But the books that I recommend, I keep going back to, are The Stock Trader's Almanac, uh, Seven Rules of Wall Street by Sam Stovall. Michael Covell has a, uh, a number of books on trend following. Uh, the Little Book of Trading is a good one. And same with Jeff Hirsch. He has a, a, a little book uh, as well. So those are probably my top. And in, even though jo, uh, Jack Bogle is a buy-and-hold uh, person, a lot of uh, what he says makes sense. And I think you could have a portfolio that's based on uh, determining risk-reward and what bond portfolio you need, regardless of whether interest rates are, are going up or down at the time, and then uh, go from there with, with, with a good, well-thought-out stock bond cash portfolio, then I recommend uh, blending some of these non-correlating uh, liquid alternatives into the mix. Joe, thank you very much. So give us your website and contact information here for those who would like to know more. Thank you. Uh, probabilities Fund. Dot com, and our telephone number is 800-519-0438. And uh, this is Joe Childry, the founder and, and C, uh, CIO of the company. Okay. And, Joe, final words for our listeners here. Uh, I think you, ra- you, you put it best. You know, buy low, sell high, have a 20-year time frame, and uh, ignore the noise. Uh, gr- great advice. Ignore the noise. Uh, that's why we don't. That's why we listen to Strategic Investor Radio and not CNBC and Fox Business News and Bloomberg and the like here. So again, we've been talking with Joe Childry, uh, founder, CIO, uh, president, uh, CEO, and everything else there at um, uh, Probabilities Fund. Joe, thank you very much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. So with Joe Childry, we uh, wish you all an enjoyable week and happy, and we wish you all an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. 